You're listening to GeekWire from Seattle, Washington, on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and GeekWire.com. Hey guys, welcome back to, we don't even know what we're calling this thing yet. This is GeekWire with Andrew Edwards as far as what it says here. I'm Andrew Edwards. And I'm Todd Bishop. And we are here to talk more about the week in gadgetry, consumer electronics, gadgets, gizmos, anything with a battery that can be plugged into a wall is fair game. Nice. I like that. That's a good parameter. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's pretty wide. It's a pretty wide parameter, but I mean, it limits us a little bit. So so, so for people on the radio show and podcast who don't know, we're going to be having Andrew in every week. Weekly. To talk about the latest gadgets. And that's what this segment is. And he's going to drive the show here. Right. right. I mean, this is GeekWire and gadgetry is a big part of uh, being a geek, right? Yeah, geekdom. Absolutely. So... So, so this you, week, yeah, what do you got here for us? Apple recently released a, a their long-awaited refreshed MacBook Pro. I've heard of this. Took them four years. Yes, four years, and 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 it, it's not um, not everybody's excited about it. Some people are very disappointed. Um, some people are are totally fine with what we've got. But what Apple did was basically remove the major feature is they remove the the F strip, the function keys that you see at the top of pretty much any keyboard, and they replaced it with what they call the touch bar. And it's an OLED strip that basically allows you to interact with what's on the screen. So instead of creating a touchscreen Mac, they gave you a touch bar down here right above the keyboard. So it's interesting because, you know, you can just tap on it and it'll give you, you know, you can slide across. It's touch sensitive. And this actually, this strip here, um, believe it or not, runs Apple's Watch OS. No, you're kidding me. No, and it runs Watch <laughs> OS. So it has uh, the processor in there, similar processor to what's in the Apple Watch, and it's running that forked version of iOS just for the strip. And so for people who aren't familiar with this, it's contextual. So it's contextual, right. What what you're the program you're in, the the different apps you're in, they all can change what's in the touch bar. Right. But right now I'm in Safari, which is the web browser, and it's showing me my bookmarks and it's showing me the bookmarks with the little what do you call those things? I don't remember anymore. The favicons. The favicons. Or fave icons. Fave icons. Say. And then you've got the full-on logo. So you see the YouTube logo there, the Amazon logo there. I can go out of there, and I can say if I need to switch the brightness or color. Now I've got that strip there. So it's pretty cool, um, and it's definitely unique, and it gives you controls into the apps that you may not know were there. Now, one thing that I notice about this, I'm, I'm, by the way, a heavy MacBook Pro user. I've used them for years. The trackpad, the touchpad. The trackpad is huge. Giant. Now, is this similar to the MacBook in that way, or is it just... No, the MacBook does have a a good-sized trackpad, but this is insane. Like, it's... It's like a touchscreen unto itself. Yeah, I mean, this is... It's bigger than my iPhone 7 Plus... It just there's, there's more space, <laughs> like it's, it's it's comparable. Yeah, it, it's like a it's basically like an i iPad Mini in some ways. I think it's, it's six ma- inches. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe a little smaller than an iPad Mini, but still, it's it's, it's sizable. Giant. What do you think of that? Do you like it? I like it because it's uh it's a forced touch trackpad, and what that means is that anywhere you push, it's pressure sensitive. So it's not it's not on the hinge where there's a hinge on top and you have to kind of click down. Right. You can click anywhere on it, and it, as long as there's pressure, it feels and it gives you that haptic feedback. And it, it rejects your palm, so it knows if it's your palm that's touching it. It doesn't move the mouse cursor around. So I know you've only been using the touch bar for a couple days. Yeah. But what do you think? Is it a gimmick or is it actually useful? Um, it, it certainly comes across as a gimmick at, at first. Um, but then when you start using it and, like, 
You know, it's new. It's something new. So when some, there's something new and something as bright as that, you kind of just start looking at it a lot. And you're like, this isn't really doing much. Why is it here? But then you realize, oh, it's only – it's just another key. So it's, it's, it's there when I need it to be there. So it has Touch ID built in. So you have security now. If you want to log into your Mac, you can do it with your fingerprint and lock it with your fingerprint. It's got Siri built in at all times. Which I um, think is dumb. Siri? Yeah, it's Siri. Siri is Siri, dumb? Siri on the desktop, yeah. We've, yeah, this is a long running. I don't know what happened, but I use Siri on a desktop all the time. What do you use it for? Um, the other day, I was shipping something, and they needed me to put in the shipping uh, parameters of the box in, um, in the metric system. So I took measurements, and then I would just say, hey, Siri, what is uh, oh, this really? in millimeters? Uh-oh. I'm oh, Siri, Siri just now. opened. <laughs> um, and I would just do that, and I, would, and, I would, okay. and I would type it in. But on the Mac, it saves what you're asking it so that you could build, okay, there's all my dimensions okay. right there. You and just changed, you changed my perspective a little see? bit there. There you, you go. Can, you can ask about um, the other thing. I was sending an email, and I needed to attach some pictures from CES from last year. So I said... I asked it to show me pictures that I took in Las Vegas in January, oh. and boom, there they were. Whoa. I didn't have to, like, go search and scroll okay. and this and that. It was That's all right there. way more useful than Siri is on the phone. I'm sorry. I, Siri <laughs> on the phone is ridiculous. You just have to – what's – Speaker language? Well, <laughs> I, guess, I guess there is a certain language, but what – Like, if you compare it to Alexa, I, I feel like Siri is – uh, it comes off as a little bit purposefully dense. We don't have to go down this rat hole. <laughs> oh, we, we, man. So I, I just, I feel like Alexa is a lot smarter, personally. That's, I don't know. So, I think Siri's improved a little bit. But look, see here, now these, these are emoji. Most people call this this touch bar the emoji bar. And I think it's because this is what's most impressive. Like if you look at it like physically, like that is bright and vibrant. Yeah, and like it looks gorgeous. good versus, you know. If you close that out, just this, which is just right. you know the regular buttons. So it I think, looks like the regular old function keys. Yeah, or, like yeah. that makes you really see like what the potential is, and I think the potential is the key word here because this just came out, and really the only apps apart aside from a few are the Apple's embedded apps, and those aren't really you know the apps people use much. So once third parties start jumping on board and including this functionality in their apps, then you'll see it become less of a gimmick and more of a useful tool. Let me say, just looking at this thing, Apple still is the champ when it comes to oh, yeah. industrial design. Yeah. This looks like the 15-inch, right? It's a 15-inch. This is just gorgeous. I mean, look at this thing. Is this it's like thin. space gray? And this is space gray. So this yeah. is a new space gray color. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that is the one place where I feel Windows machines just still don't, don't stack up. Like, I don't know. Is it so hard? Like, I don't get – that's the thing I don't get. I don't know much about industrial design, but why is it so hard to build – a a high quality metal machine that feels sturdy and looks good. Now I will say the the Surface Book. I do like the Surface Book, but when you look at things like the the machines from Dell, we've got what was what was the Dell that was all hot last XPS year? XPS thirteen. Yes, we've got one of those. Man, we have had more problems with that thing. It's not great. No, it looks fit, like if you put it on a desk and you look at it, it looks great, especially the display because the bezel is so thin. Right. But when you use it. The the trackpad is bad. It's horrible. And the key, I mean, it just it you know, doesn't feel premium. You know, the other problem that I never realized it had, that we're talking about the Dell, what was it again? The Dell XPS 13. XPS 13. It, the uh, camera, the webcam is in the bottom of the bezel. Which, what? 
So it's not in the top. That. It's not in the top. It's in the bottom. So talk about an unattractive <laughs> so view. It's, <laughs> it's like the anti. It's like the anti selfie. What is that? <laughs> I don't know why they're doing that. At any rate, this this the Mac the new MacBook Pro. I mean, holy cow! This, this is just gorgeous. Well, let me ask you this. So. Where's my bag? My bag is over there. Okay. You got something else in there? I'm going to go get it. Okay. I'm going to go get it. Okay. While Andrew grabs his bag, we're going to take a quick break. We'll see what he's got for us here in just a moment. You're listening to GeekWire from GeekWire.com in Seattle. And we're back. Okay. So what do you got here? here. So look. Okay. So if you pick up the new MacBook Pro, you're going to start living that dongle life. Put it, put it right here and we can see it. All right. So let me show you what I had to do. So you buy a new computer. And you want to get it set up. And if you have an old one, then you want to transfer your data from the old to the new. I have a time machine backup, and I realized very quickly that Wi-Fi is going to be very slow. I have 512 gigabytes or so of data. So I wanted to connect to Ethernet. My house is wired with the Ethernet. I figured plug it in. Of course, these four ports on here. Did you already mention it's only four ports? And they're all what? They're all Thunderbolt 3 ports, which are the USB-C shape, USB-C connector. So... You do not have Ethernet. You do not have an SD card slot anymore. You don't even have a dedicated power port anymore. All four ports are the same. So there's two on, There's two ports on each side. There are these small ports right here, the new USB-C shape. So you can't just plug in the Internet yeah, anymore. Right, you right. have to get a dongle. I didn't have a dongle that just plugged in there. So I had to use two. So I had to use this. This is a USB-C to USB-A. So male USB-C plugs into the MacBook and gives me a regular USB port. Okay. Then I have to find a separate dongle. Oh, no. This one is USB-A, and it has Ethernet, and then I have to plug that in. You know what the worst thing is? That's a It's a Dell accessory. It is a, <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. This, come on. And, and actually, to bring it back around, this is the Dell accessory that came with my Dell XPS 13. So, um, but that's what I had to do in order, and then I obviously had to plug in there. So I had to plug in three things oh, man. to get... Ethernet, wired internet on the new MacBook Pro. And I don't know, um, I mean, Why? obviously that's... Why? Well, Apple, Apple's been known to do this, right? Like they did that with the... Uh, the, the headphone jack. With the head, well, yeah. Courage, the headphone man. Jack. Courage, that's the answer, Andrew. <laughs> right. <laughs> they did it with the headphone jack where, to me, that wasn't a huge deal. I know to some people it was, but to me, I mean, wire, wire, wireless headphones are the future and... They also include the adapter in the box. They didn't include the adapter in the box here. Yeah. And then, so, but they did that with um, the CD-ROM drive. They got rid of that first. They got rid of the floppy drive first. Like, they're they're always just trying to get rid of ports that they find to be unnecessary and that they think, obviously, Thunderbolt 3 is the future. Um, I think it is, but the future is not here yet. And Apple, so, Apple did not expect the backlash. They had... There has been major backlash about yeah. that. And what they had to do in response is they actually lowered the price of almost every USB-C and Thunderbolt 3 accessory that they sell by like 40%. So between now and the end of the year, December 31st, if you want to buy the MacBook Pro, you can get all these dongles and adapters at a deep discount um, because there was just a huge backlash that they had to deal with. See, my problem is I've 
I really am a believer in being able to just pick up your notebook, your laptop, and mm-hmm. put it in your bag and go and have, for example, power cords at each of the places where you work, mm. like home and work. Right. I really like doing that. I'll buy extra power cords sure. for that purpose. But then this creates the inability to do that because you just have to to replicate all these adapters at each of your workstations. And then if you don't, <laughs> it's going to get lost in your bag. I mean, I lose pens. I lose USB uh, <laughs> drives. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean... What it comes down to is you really do have to keep that keep one of those in your bag, maybe one in your desk at work. Um, but the other thing is, what do you really do? Like, if you're someone who connects to Wi-Fi, um, then you're obviously not going to need that wired Ethernet unless you really need it. You know, if you need it, fine. But if you don't, there's Wi-Fi. Um, for me, I do a lot of video editing. I really use the heck out of that SD card slot. Oh, That's yeah. gone now. Yeah, yeah. So I have to carry around a dongle for that. Um, and I don't really know what their answer is to that because there's no wireless way to transfer 4K files from a yeah. camera to a computer. But um, as a pro machine, I think the professionals are the ones yeah. screaming loudest, whereas the, the casual users are like, hey, this looks cool. It has a new touch bar. It, the screen is great. It's actually one of the best screens I've ever used. Um, it's, it's a wide color gamut screen now, so it's almost HDR-ish. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. This starts at what, – what's the starting price? The starting price, let me think. If you want the 15-inch model, I believe the starting price is $17.99. But let me, let me double-check that. Yeah. double-check yeah, that right let's, now. Let's do that. Because that might be the starting price of the 13-inch. And if, if that's the case, that would be horrible. But they're expensive. They are expensive That's the other machines. thing is the price actually increased – so you know what we did while you're looking that up? Uh, you know, we have a few folks in the office who really like Windows PCs. And, you know, I, don't, I can't justify the premium, you know, doing like more of a business purchase of the Surface Book because, you know, you're basically paying extra for the pen. And nobody here is just going to use a pen unless we've got like an artist on staff. And the tablet mode, which also yeah. to me is a gimmick. So you know what I went back to? Good old-fashioned... Not RT. Please, not RT. No, no. <laughs> I've got like the Windows RT stigma. <laughs> I have got a whole other story on Windows RT, but uh, the I, I went back to the Lenovo ThinkPad. You know, good old-fashioned wow. ThinkPad. A, a, a new one, obviously. Okay. Um, but I got one with 20 gigs of RAM. Yoga? No, it's not a yoga. Okay. I want like a good old-fashioned business workhorse computer. I got one with 20 gigs of RAM, 500 uh, gig flash drive. Gigs of RAM? Yes, Yes, for the person uh, Claire the who heck? Claire who edits the podcast and has a bunch of windows open all the time. And, That's amazing. Yeah, so um, th- I got one of those and reasonable price, less than the MacBook Pro for sure. Speaking of the price, all right, here's the price. Yes, this is this is absurd. Um, so there is a version of this that does not have the Touch Bar. Yeah, and that was interesting because they kind of compared it against the MacBook Air, like they're trying to com- like I think they want to phase out the Air. And so they were like, you can get the MacBook Air or you can get this MacBook Pro that's almost as thin, almost as light, and is way more powerful. But that one starts at $14.99. So that's without the touch bar, which is the main feature. Touch bar, um, 13 inches starts at $17.99. It's a 13-inch model. (laughs) That's way more than the bottom. Like, for example, the $14.99 is way more than the base level of the – well, no, I guess it's in the ballpark of the current or the past MacBook Pro. That one, yes. Yes. But the next jump up is a little higher. Um, and so that does get you the touch bar. It does get you touch ID. But it's 8 gigs of RAM, and it does not have dedicated a dedicated graphics yeah. card. Yeah. 
So if you want the 15 inch model, that starts at $23.99. Oh. <laughs> you do get a dedicated graphics card. <laughs> I've driven cars that cost less than <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, $23.99. And then, and then, and this is for 16 gigabytes of RAM. You mentioned you just bought a 20 gigabyte computer. They don't even offer anything above 16. Yeah. Um, the top of the line model, before you add in any configuration, $27.99. Whoa. 27. That's too much. 99. Too much. And, and, you know, for something where the distinguishing characteristic, the, the touch bar is potentially a gimmick. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. But I don't know that there's hundreds of dollars of value in this feature. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's really the whole package. Like, again, the display, this is the best display I've ever seen in a computer. I know it looks the same, like as far as the Mac, like it has the black bezel, but it actually is much better display technology. The trackpad is way bigger. The keyboard, I actually like a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, that's, that is a lot of money. It's just $23.99 is a lot of money. It is. It it's is. a lot of money. I'm assuming the Lenovo you got is less. Oh, yeah. I think it was in the $1,200, $1,300 range. With more RAM and all. I mean, Mac. the Mac does have optimizations where you can't really compare apples to apples when it comes to the RAM situation. Yeah. Like 16 gigabytes of RAM may very well um, compete against the 20 gigs on the Windows machine just because of the hardware and software integration exactly. that they have. That's true. But um, yeah, I've price got, certainly doesn't compete. No, absolutely. I've, I've had a MacBook Pro f- you know, with eight gigs of RAM and been perfectly happy with mm. it. And, you know, I'm, we do some video, like if I had 30 or not 30, like three or four videos going at the same time, sure. I could see it might be an issue, but I've never run into any limitations. Okay. Just day to day and pretty heavy usage. Lots of browser tabs open. Yeah. yeah. So that's the MacBook Pro. Yeah. The other news of the week coming out of Apple's camp. Yes. Rumor mill. Um, is that they're working on the this pair of augmented reality glasses. Now, what do you think of this? I think, it, I think it's interesting. Um, everybody's been working on VR, right? Yes. Which is virtual reality. Yes. And if you're unaware, virtual reality is um, you put on glasses or a headset, and you are it's basically like you're watching a movie or a projector or whatever close to your face. Yep. So you're enclosed. You're not, you can't see the outside world. You're, you're looking at, for lack of a better term, a display that's covering your view of the world. Augmented reality is you see the world and you have a pair of glasses or a headset or whatever that puts things into the real world. So for example, imagine Minority Report, yep. where you can see the screen in front of you, but you can still see everybody around you, hear everything around you. Um, so they're talking about doing AR. AR. More more along the lines of Microsoft HoloLens, yes. or maybe the um, Magic Leap. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Just like the HoloLens, not, I don't know exactly what these are going to look like, but my assumption is that Apple wants this to look more like a pair of regular glasses than a full-on headset. So what's interesting to me here is, you know, Tim Cook is under so much pressure yes. to come up with some new genre defining the next, next but that's that's exactly right. Which the Apple Watch was not. Exactly. Like, the Apple Watch is a great product, but it's not the iPod, the iPhone, etc. It's nor, not that. Right, nor is the Apple TV, which was oh, largely yeah. under his purview, although right. it dates back to Steve Jobs. Right. The you know, the the latest evolutions of the Apple TV have been under Tim Cook. But no, they, they since I guess the iPad mm-hmm. is that the latest. I'm trying to. It's been so long; it's hard to forget what their best 
new best thing. I, it was the iPad. Yeah, the iPad. And the and iPad then, would be it. Right. The iPhone. Because the, next, iPad, major, the yeah. next major product after the iPad was the Apple Watch. Yeah. I and, mean, there's, there's multiple iterations of like the new iPhones, for example, but the iPhone product line already existed. So what are their prospects? How much faith do you have in Apple to be able to define a category like they did with the iPod and yeah. the, the iPhone? Well, the interesting thing here is whenever whenever an interviewer asks Tim Cook about something, he almost always gives them a no comment, which is par for the sure. course, right? But whenever AR is brought up, AR, VR, right. he, will, he won't say, yeah, we are coming out with such and such, but he will say... Um, we are very interested in that category. We see a lot of potential in this category. Like he's basically saying, we have something we're working on here, which is not. So, he, whenever you ask him about a car, and, and we don't, we no comment. So, you know. do you think it would be contingent or dependent upon another Apple device in the way that the Apple Watch re- requires an iPhone? I think it has to be at least at first. Um, you need a. You're going to have to have a connection between a phone and these glasses. You're not going to be able to just put these glasses on and have it, you know, have a cellular connection and power, you know, the visuals and all this and and also last, you know, more than, I don't know, an hour. So you need it to depend on something else. So the iPhone in your pocket um, really is going to be the brains, similar to what it is with the watch. And then I'm more I'm just more concerned with what exactly are you going to do like what are you going to do with these things? Like you put these glasses on. First of all, you know, people don't usually wear glasses unless they need glasses. They're not just like, let me just put these glasses on. Like sunglasses is different, but just let me just wear clear glasses for no reason. People don't really do that. So it has to be compelling and cool enough to make someone want to wear something on their face in public. Um, and then it has to be non-threatening enough to where it doesn't have that Google Glass effect. So are these things that are going to be Walk around type things. I believe with so. the augmented reality. I okay. believe so. Oh, okay. So yeah. So imagine, um, like you mentioned, uh, how 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 contentious your relationship is with Siri. Yes. Um, but so we've seen the earpods right. that are coming, right? Right. The earpods are coming. These are Apple's uh, wireless yeah. wireless headphones, and they do work even if you only have one in. And Siri's built in. Then you have these glasses oh. on. So imagine, <laughs> and again, this is just me. <laughs> I keep I keep invoking Siri. Um, Imagine, for example, you're – stop it. Stop it, Siri. <laughs> Siri keeps turning on. And I, I didn't – anyway. Imagine, yeah. Imagine, for example, you have these glasses on and you have the earpiece in and you're on a diet and you want to not eat a certain amount of carbs per day. Hmm. You're at the grocery store and you, you look visually at the ingredient makeup on back the nutritional info. Ah. Your glasses scan that before you even take in, you know, finish reading it. And then in your ear, Siri says, for example, this will be five grams over your car, you know, over your carb, daily yeah. carb recommendation. Like, it, I think Apple's going for something like that, where the glasses aren't just showing you stuff, but they're actually reading the world. And then the, your headset will actually be giving you information. So, this is an interesting spin on that then. Apple bought Turi, the machine learning startup. There was a spin out um, basically of the University of Washington. What, what, were they based what were they doing? Machine learning. So 
artificial intelligence. Okay. And so you could see, and they're basically building up their AI division here in Seattle. Interesting. So you could see how that vision, no right. pun intended, could very much mesh with a lot of machine learning, artificial intelligence sure. stuff. And they're being pretty clear about machine learning. That's another thing. You know how Tim Cook talks about, you said he talks yes. about AR. He, same way on, on machine learning. He talks about how they're building machine right. learning and AI into all their products. Like my, my favorite iPhone, uh, iOS 10 feature with uh, the find, find My Car, parked oh, car. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, that's basically. It's that's such a like, simple feature, but it's yeah. just so cool. Exactly. And it's intelligently determining where my car is, even though mm-hmm. I didn't say my car was there. So right. that kind of everyday stuff. And like you're saying on the ingredients labels. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. And again, that was just me, you yeah. know. No, thinking, no, no. But that's, like, that's, that's your hypothetical. Another thing, like, you know, the iPhone does AR right now, which it'll use it through the camera, and then it'll right. show you what's coming through the camera, and then the app can overlay stuff on it. Another cool thing I saw was if you're in another country, you can just point your iPhone camera at, like, a menu or signs in the street, and what you yes. see on your display is actually in your language. Yes. Like, imagine you're just wearing glasses, and you go somewhere to a foreign country, and everything's in your language. And then the uh, wireless earbud uh, translates it for you. Translates on the fly. Or like you can talk to someone. Like yeah. if, if you were wearing the headset yeah. and I was, and we were speaking different languages to each other, yes. and the headset was translating on the fly for yeah. us, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So um, that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited. Like I, I don't get excited about just technology just because of technology, like a new phone just because there's a new phone coming. I get excited about like the possibilities that it opens up, like what can it enable us to do? And so that that's what excites me about like, you know, when I hear about AR and, um, you know, the battery life on these devices getting longer so that you can use them more when you're out and about because I want to, I want to really integrate them into my everyday life. So, yeah, I, I, I hope it happens. I don't think this is something that can happen soon. Like, But it sounds like these glasses could be a step in the direction. Yeah, yeah, but I'm even the glasses. Like I don't know if that's even going to be something that we see next year. Yeah, but it's exciting. Same with the same with the. You know, I don't know if they're still working on a car or not anymore. I think they were. And I, and, I think and, they've dumped that. Yeah, I think now they're working on just the the OS. But um, you know, the stuff that Tesla's doing with you know machine learning as well. Like just one day we're going to be able to like step into a car, tell it our destination, and just sit back. And, you know, so the future, the future that, you know, we've seen in movies and, you know, cartoons when I was a kid and all that, it feels like we're on the cusp of, of being there. And that, that's very exciting to me. Well, this is great. Thank you very much for doing this. Definitely. definitely. Let's keep doing it. Let's do it next week. We're going to keep doing it. Uh, we, we asked people to send us names. Yeah. If, uh, if you miss that, we need a name for this segment and, um, we are soliciting ideas at contest at geekwire.com there you go and it's a contest because if we select the name that you that you send in you'll get a 50 dollars amazon gift card perfect and this is the time of year where that comes in handy and um if you want to see me elsewhere check me out on youtube youtube.com slash gear live for all my video tech reviews perfect all right until next time i'm todd bishop i'm andrew edwards we'll talk to you next time You've been listening to GeekWire, an independent national technology news site based in Seattle, Washington. For news, events, podcasts, and more, visit us at geekwire.com.